Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. We need to be more like you, God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but the closer I get, the more I realize I need more of them. Things get clearer, and I can see more dirt. Pray more, and I can see more things that need to be prayed for. We need more of him. And even if you can't see it in yourself, just look around you. Look in your family. Look on your jobs. We need more of him. God, that's our prayer this morning. We need more. Save the material things, God. We need more patience, kindness, gentleness. We need to be long-suffering. We need to be merciful. We need to be gracious, God. We need to be consistent. We need to be more holy, God. We need to be more mindful, God. We need to be more committed, oh God. We need to be more steadfast, oh God. We need to be more stable. We need to be more present, God. For some of us, we just need to be still. we don't need to ignite any kind of fire but we need you to set ablaze something on the inside of us because when you do a work you establish it you hold fast to it so set something on the inside of every person under the sound of my voice that they can't control and that they can't contain God so much so that it pushes them closer to you not just in desire but in deeds oh God we don't want to just desire more of you but we want to act and live in a way we want our deeds to reflect that we want more of you we won't just sleep in oh God we won't just harm our brothers and our sisters without asking for forgiveness and apologizing oh God we won't tell white lies oh God We want more of you, God. So set something down on the inside of us, oh God, that will enable us to act accordingly, God. We love you this morning. And at the close of this year, oh God, as we get ready to close out this last stretch of what many would call the worst year ever, we glorify you and we thank you. 
because you gave many of us more than we ever knew we had. You gave us a peace that surpasses all understanding. You gave us time with family members that we, we, we prayed about. You gave us a time of reflection and isolation. And we thank you this morning. We thank you. We dare not give your name glory. Year may have been bad, but you are good. You are good. And we love you. So be glorified in everything that we do on this morning, Lord. We pray that our worship and the words spoken were pleasing to your ears this morning. Now, Father, we pray for Pastor Keith who comes to mount this pulpit to give us a word. We thank you for his study. But more than that, we thank you for the spirit of God that lies on the inside of him. We thank you for a man that's called in this hour and for this time. We thank you for his leadership. We thank you for the grace that you've levied upon his life to navigate a pandemic, to pastor a pandemic at such a young age. For clearly your hand is upon him. May we receive him now. Not as the man, but as the pastor that's been set over our lives. God, let his labor not be in vain. Give us ears to hear. Hearts to receive. And strength to act according to the, your word as he teaches it. We thank you and we love you. And sing your son Jesus name that we do pray. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Thank you again so much for tuning in with us this morning. Listen, it's now time for the preach word, as you just heard me say in my prayer. And so I want to encourage you, if you've just tuned in with us, to share, to comment, um, create a watch party, do all the stuff that young people know how to do on social media that I'm becoming too old to know how to do. Do that now because somebody needs to hear the word of God. I'll say this really quickly. I know there's a new app out there called Clubhouse, and I got on the app, and I've been... Um, kind of finding my way throughout it and everyone has a word everyone has something to say and everybody's excited about it and some really do have a word but I'm so grateful to sit under a man that I know who is called by God and it's a solid word be careful about what you feed your spirit consistently okay I know you're on social media and you're tuned in and it's okay to hear others but please I pray I pray I pray that you're tuning in to only those who God um, has graced in this hour to speak in who've called to pastor his people um, lest you go astray amen so that is why we encourage you to share that is why we encourage you to create a watch party because we believe in the word and we believe in the God who has put his hand on the man that shall deliver the word let us receive pastor Keith hallelujah I appreciate the hand claps and I appreciate the words of my wife but can you do me a favor can we lift our hands and just with the fruit of our lips can we begin to give adoration to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Come on, he's Emmanuel, God with us. Come on, no, no, no clapping of hands, but the fruit of your lips begin to give them worship. Father, we bless you. We bless you. God, we want you to hear from the fruit of our lips that we love you. God, there's none like you awesome you are great you are 
And Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for being God with us. Now seal that with a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we can quickly stand to our feet, and I want you to take up your Bibles because I got a lot to do and a little bit of time to do it. I want you to go to the Old Testament book of 2 Chronicles chapter 36. My heart is just so overwhelmed with joy this morning. It's difficult when you're in a season, as my wife declared, of isolation, when you need the body of Christ to support you. So good to see many of your faces this morning. Makes my heart glad. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I don't know about nobody else, but I'm glad to see y'all face this morning. Tell somebody, as you social distance, I'm glad to see you. Second Chronicles chapter 36. I want us to go to verse number 11. Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse number 11. I've been on this series called Consecrated. I want to continue in that vein on this morning. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Reading 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse number 11. I want to go through number 14. The Bible declares Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king. And then the Bible says that he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And watch this. Verse 12 says he did evil in the sight of the Lord his God and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear an oath by God. But he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord God of Israel. Verse number 14 says, moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people, who is, you better be careful who you follow, transgress more and more according to all the abominations of the nations and defile the house of the Lord which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning. Our com- the confrontation against our consecration. The confrontation against our consecration. I want you to understand this. At the place of decision to consecrate, the enemy plans a device against your consecration. The very moment that we make a decision, somebody say, to consecrate. He, he, the enemy devises a plot or a plan against your consecration. And this is why we must not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Because at the place of decision, our commitment to consecration, we have to expect a device. Somebody say, expect the device. Uh, We've got to expect a a device. In other words, there will always be a confrontation against our consecration. Because watch this. The enemy knows the power in in a consecrated vessel. If I can be consecrated, the enemy knows that I have power. And this is why we're we're admonishing 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 21 with these words. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, somebody say consecrates himself. Uh, From the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. In other words, we receive power in our pursuit of consecration. I don't know about anybody else, but I need power. Somebody say, I need power. Uh, Paul was trying to instruct Timothy that there's power. 
power in a consecrated vessel. And even as Paul was aware, the enemy is aware as well. What, what, what do I mean? What, what kind of power are you talking about, Pastor Keith? I want you to know that consecration causes us to become a priceless vessel. The Bible says honor. Uh, in other words, I'm endeared above the enemy. Y'all got to stay with me this morning. And not only that, that, the Bible says that I become a potent vessel for God. I, I, that means I'm effective against the enemy. Oh, somebody say I need that kind of power. And, and then the Bible says I become a prepared vessel equipped against the enemy. I don't know about nobody else, but I, I, I would love the fact that I can be endeared by God, a consecrated vessel. I, I want to be effective against the enemy, a consecrated vessel. And I want to be equipped with the reason why the enemy is kicking so many of our behinds is because we're not equipped. Somebody say, I need power. I, I need power. Ah, we, and hear this, because your consecration gives you power to defeat the enemy. And the enemy will always attempt, hear this, to defeat your consecration. Uh, I don't know about nobody else. I don't know if y'all been taught conse consecration, but I want to teach us this morning. Uh, you got to consider the most difficult disciplines of the believer. The most difficult disciplines of the believer. Uh, you, you got prayer. That can be a difficult discipline of the believer. Fasting can be a difficult discipline of the believer. And meditation on his word, it can be difficult. Ah, many of us, we don't have patience in prayer. Somebody say it's difficult. Ah, we lose focus or, or we get frustrated in fasting. Y'all can't, can't even miss a meal. And our mind wanders in meditation. And hear this, it's not simply due to simply a lack of discipline. It's due to the device of the enemy. Somebody say there's confrontation. Uh, there, there, there's this confrontation. You wonder why you can't pray long. The enemy has set up a device. You, you're wondering why you can't fast like you need to because the enemy has set up a device. You're wondering why I can't focus and meditate on his word is because the enemy has set up a device. This is why we, as we pursue consecration, we also must be aware and prepared for the plan of the enemy against our consecration. And this is where we find the children of Israel in our text. We find them, hear this, after 31 years under the rule of King Josiah, who did, who did, not, uh, who did right in the sight of the Lord. Here's what King Josiah did. He removed what defiled them. He remained faithful to the Lord's decrees. And he made a decision, watch this, to push them back to devotion to the Lord. Somebody say they were consecrated. Ah, they were consecrated. The children of Israel made a decision on their consecration under the rule of Josiah. And watch this, just a chapter later. I don't know about y'all, y'all get to the altar and just a day later. You make a decision for God and just a day later, we change our minds and the enemy sets up a device. Just a chapter later, the enemy devises a confrontation against their consecration. And it is here where I believe we can glean wisdom from our text so that we will not be ignorant of the enemy's devices as we pursue our consecration. Because although, watch this, the enemy is crafty and cunning, the enemy is not creative. Tell your neighbor, the enemy is not creative. Many of us fall to the devices of the enemy and watch this, he's redundant. He sets up the same thing over and over again and we fall for it. He's crafty and he's cunning, but he's not creative. As he confronted the children of Israel in their consecration, so shall he do with us. I promise you at the point of decision. The enemy sets up a device. 
My prayer this morning is that through our text, the enemy's plan is revealed so that we can fulfill our pursuit of consecration. Who wants power this morning? Say, I want power. I hope we want power this morning, so we need to fulfill our mandate to consecrate. So here's what I want to do. I want us to examine a text, and I'm going to be out your way. Look at verse number 12. The Bible says this in verse number 12. This is speaking of King Zedekiah. The Bible says he did evil in the sight of the Lord his God and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. Hear this. In your pursuit of consecration, the enemy wants to gain influence over your ear. Uh, Y'all got to hear what I just said. Whenever I pursue consecration, the enemy wants influence over my ear. Therefore, the confrontation against your consecration is determined by the voice you hear. Here's my first point. If you're taking notes, if I want to consecrate and if I want to know the device of the enemy, he's going to bring confrontation against the voice that I hear. So the question you got to ask yourself as you pursue consecration is who has your ear? All right, that's a good question. I don't know about nobody else, but who has, a, who has my ear? What do I mean? The voice you lean to. Uh, the voice you listen to. And watch this, the voice who leads you. Uh, who has my ear? Ask your neighbor, who has your ear? Because why is this significant? Because the voice you lean to, the voice you listen to, and the voice that leads you, watch this, can also be the death of you. I don't know about nobody else, but the voice that has influence over my ear can be the death of me. Because watch this, there is life and death in the power of the tongue, watch this, that I listen to. It's it's just not any voice that I receive, it's the one somebody say that I listen to. Uh, So I've got to be careful about the voice that I hear. Hear this, some of us got to stop giving people so much access, watch this, to our ears. Ah, Because beyond your consecration, many of us have killed much of what God has declared over our life based only as a result of who had influence over our ear. Listen, I want y'all to know something. I would have missed out on the promise of my wife if I would have listened to the wrong folk. Many of us have made decisions based on the person who had influence over our ear. So I've got to make sure that this is the ear that's been ordained for my life. Tell your neighbor, I need the voice that's ordained for my life. Ah, we've, We've killed too much of our lives. And this is the very device that was the downfall of King Zedekiah and the children of Israel. Watch what our foundational text declares concerning King Zedekiah. The Bible says he did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. Hear this. So King Zedekiah rejected the mouth of God and therefore rejected his consecration. And hear this. When you reject the voice of God, by default, you receive the voice of the enemy. Did y'all hear what I just said? When I reject the voice of God, by default, I receive the voice of the enemy. Many of us know what God told us to do. Many of us know who God told us not to marry. Many of us know God said that ain't the job for you. And watch this. By default, we receive the voice of the enemy. Oh, tell somebody the devil is a lie. Ah, the devil is a lie. And and watch this. During times of consecration, I'm, I'm confident in this. The enemy's voice will tell you, you are too much in a rush to read your word. Ah, you're too preoccupied to pray. And you've got too much work to do to stop and worship. Ah, the enemy will always try to make sure that he's the voice that has influence over our ear. And watch this. 
The voice of the enemy will tell you that your instructions concerning consecration are irrelevant. In other words, the enemy will always tell you is that it don't take all that. How many of us know we've heard that we need to make sure that we're in a place of prayer, but the enemy will say it don't take all of that. Yeah, we will get to a place where we know that there's sin that is evident in our life and the enemy say, no, you ain't got to kill that because it don't take all that. Somebody say the devil is alive. Uh, it takes all of that and more. God requires your ear. And then watch this. I love this concerning the text. The Bible says this, that, I, that Jeremiah, that, that concerning the words of the prophet Jeremiah, he says that it was from the mouth of the Lord. King Zedekiah rejected the mouth of God and therefore rejected his consecration. But hear this. Here's what I want you to know. God requires your ear more than man. What am I trying to say? I'm not saying that men can't be the mouthpiece of God, but we have to ensure that they're speaking as the mouth of God. Did y'all hear what I just said? I'm not saying that men, pastors, prophets, all these people with all these titles, apostles and bishops, I'm not saying that they can't be the mouthpiece of God, but too many of y'all run around um, behind them like they are God. Okay, y'all just missed that. Okay, just keep, keep um, lifting them up on pedestals because the enemy will use men, watch this, for his agenda, especially as a confrontation to your consecration. You know, girl, I, I, I done been through that and we lean our ear towards men and not towards God. All right, be careful about proximity. Tell your neighbor, be careful about proximity. Because here's what we do. Because people are close to us, we feel like we can um, bring anything that the Lord has instructed over our lives to them. Uh, but we've got to be careful because watch this. The enemy can use even the person that is very close to me. Somebody say, somebody shout, um, you better ask Peter. All right, y'all better ask Peter. The Bible said, told, uh, Jesus told Peter to get thee behind me. Watch this, Satan. Uh, some of y'all, y'all got Satan in your ear. So hear this, the critical question we must ask ourselves is, how do we know we're listening to the mouth of God more so than the man of God? That's a critical question. So here's what we got to know. Their words will be seasoned. Somebody say seasoned. In other words, edifying. Colossians 4 and 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. If you're not coming to me and your speech is not seasoned, you better know that that's the enemy. Uh, their words, watch this, will be spirit. Somebody say spirit. In other words, they should produce life. John 6, 63 says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Many of us will come to us condemning things over our life and I never walk away with a, um, a, 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 another level of life. Somebody say, I need some life when you speak to me. You know you can, um, you can uh, um, chastise and rebuke people and still give them, watch this, life. If you can't rebuke me with life, don't rebuke me. So, so their, their words should be seasoned. Their words should be spirit. And watch this. Their words will be scripture. Somebody say scripture. It need to be aligned with this word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Listen, if you ain't got no word on it, don't bring it to me. If you're going to talk to me concerning something, watch this, about the God that I say I serve. It better have some scripture aligned with it. Somebody say it better have the word. Why do I say it better have the word? Because John chapter 1 says that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with the God. And watch this, the Bible says, and the word was God. 
Oh, yeah, I need, I need some word. I don't know about y'all, but I need some word. So, so that word should be seasoned. We got a lot of pastors and their words ain't seasoned. We got a lot of pastors in pulpits and you walk away with a, with a convict, not a convicting word, but a condemning word. And their words are not spirit. And then many people just speaking out of their behind. Yeah, I said they behind because they have no scripture, no word with it. This is why in our pursuit of consecration, it matters the voice we hear. And this is why Jesus declared in John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me because whose voice you listen to will determine where we are led. And it is no different in our pursuit of consecration. Somebody say it matters the voice I hear. It matters, it matters the voice I hear. And, and, and consecration does this. It makes our ears sensitive to the place where we can hear God clearly. Uh, somebody say, I want to hear God clearly. I want to hear God clearly. So it matters the voice I hear. And, and listen, I know I may be going fast, but I, I, I got a lot to do with a little bit of time to do it. The enemy is intent on speaking into your ear. The enemy is intent on having you incline your ear to him. And the enemy is intent in getting influence over your ear. Therefore, we must not be ignorant of this confrontation against our consecration because it matters the voice we hear. Now, let's look at verse number 13. The Bible says this. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear an oath by God. But he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart according against turning to the Lord God of Israel. Here's what I want you to know. Even if you follow the mouth of God, the enemy will attempt to challenge your faithfulness to the mandate of God. Did y'all hear what I just said? Even when I make a decision or commit to follow the voice of God, the enemy will challenge our faithfulness to the mandate of God. Because watch this, because many can confess a thing, but don't know how to commit to a thing. Y'all know how we done made so many promises to God, but we don't know how to make a commitment to God. In other words, during seasons of consecration, the enemy will present confrontation to the vow you heed. Here's my second thing. Uh, the confrontation of the enemy will always come against the vow that I heed. Uh, in other words, what did the Lord proclaim to you and what did you promise to God? He's gonna, the enemy is going to come against that. Tell, tell your neighbor the enemy is going to come against that. He, he's going to come against it. Because remember last week, some of y'all probably weren't here last week. Y'all didn't listen last week. But I shared that consecration requires atonement and an altar. In other words, there's some sins that I've got to confess. And there's some sacrifices that need to be made. Somebody say a commitment. Uh, so, so many times when we're on this pursuit of consecration, we've made this vow to God that God, I'm aware of these sins that I need forgiveness for. And God, I know that there's some sins that I need to die, that, that, that need to be killed. I made a vow. I made a vow. And this is why Ecclesiastes 5 and 4 declares this. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. So there is no pleasure if you are un, um, in a vow that you are unwilling to keep. And many of us in our pursuit of God have made so many vows of God. God, if you, if you get me out of this relationship, I'm going to do this. God, if you get me out of this trouble, God, I'm going to do this. God, if you forgive me for this sin, God, and I don't have to pay the price for it, God, I'm going to do this. Many of us know how to make a vow, but we don't know how to heed the vow. Somebody say, I've got to heed the vow. Uh, so, there, so watch this. So in times of consecration, here's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to be aware of your sins, but never acknowledge it. Somebody say unfulfilled vow. He 
He wants you to not be ignorant of the temptation, but still invited. Somebody say unfulfilled vow. He wants you to be familiar with the fruit of wickedness, but still be in fellowship with it. Somebody say unfulfilled vow. And this is why verse 5 of Ecclesiastes 5 declares this. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. As we pursue consecration, we can't allow the enemy to get victory over our vow. Ah, Y'all got to stay with. We've got to let our yes be yes. Because if we're going to confess it before the Lord, we also must be willing to commit to it before the Lord. Oh, y'all don't like this part. Therefore, as we consecrate, we must ask ourselves, how faithful have we been to the vow that we've made before the Lord? In other words, what sins have we confessed? Oh, y'all don't like that. What sins have we addressed? And what sacrifices have we made? Or better yet, what sins have we killed? Ask your neighbor, have you been faithful to your vow? And watch this. One of the ways that the enemy confronts a vow we heed is by creating division. Somebody say creating division. From those that are on the journey with us, he, he, he will always try to separate us from those that we're on the journey with to consecration. He's going to try to create division. Here's the other thing that the enemy is going to do. He's going he's to try to challenge what the Lord declared to you. Somebody say what the Lord declared. He, he wants you to second guess what the Lord has spoken. And here's the other thing. He's going to confront our ungodly desires. Someone to say ungodly desires. How do I know this? We need to ask Eve. The enemy spoke to her void of Adam. We've got to be careful in times of consecration not to isolate ourselves from other people on the journey. I tell you, neighbor, I need you to survive. The enemy... When although Adam and Eve were on the same journey, the enemy called Eve when Adam was nowhere, nowhere to be found. Somebody say division. And then he said, I'm going to challenge what the Lord spoke to you. I know the Lord told you to fast for 40 days and 40 nights, but this is what he told Eve. Did the Lord God really say that? He'll always challenge. And you, you, you know in your heart of hearts that God has told me to do this concerning the thing. An enemy would say, no, did God really say that? You show that was the voice of God or was that yourself? And then not only that, watch this. He will always try to challenge or present to you your ungodly desires. The only reason God told you that is so that you won't be like him. So God's, we've got to check. Somebody say, check my flesh. He's always going to present an ungodly desire. And if the enemy can keep you from heeding the void, you may, void vow you made to the Lord, by default, we fulfill the vow we made to the enemy. Because as we pursue our consecration, we must know that there will be a confrontation concerning the vow we heed. Listen, I'm almost done. I want you to look at verse number 14. The Bible says, moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgress more and more according to all the abominations of the nations. Hear this. One of the greatest attacks of the enemy on our pursuit of consecration is for him to appeal to our flesh. He's always going to appeal to our flesh. And many of us get, get, get bent out of shape because something is presented to our flesh in the midst of consecration. You ever been praying and you get an image in your mind and you say, that's the enemy? Somebody say, that's the enemy. 
I don't know about y'all, but that, that's the enemy. Be, even beyond the appeal, watch this. The enemy wants to turn that appeal into an addiction. Somebody say a vice. So, so here's the last thing that I want you to understand. As we pursue consecration, we will be confronted with a vice that, we, that the enemy wants us to hold on to. All right? The vice you hold on to. And watch this. This is why our text says that the priests and the people transgress more and more. In other words, they didn't simply fall into sin, but they became in fellowship with sin. Uh, it became a vice. And here's one definition of the word vice. It's habitual moral failure or falling. I want y'all to stay with me. What happens when a particular sin becomes a habit? You, you got to ask yourself that when it used to be just a sin that I could get over, that, I, that, that, that just something that I fell into, but now it becomes, somebody say, a habit. Uh, then that's what the enemy wants our sins to become habits uh, and it takes hold of us and therefore watch this we never take hold of consecration uh, I don't ever want sin to take hold of me to, so much so that I never take hold of consecration that's a sad tragedy and this is why we must always be aware watch this y'all may not like this but as I'm consecrating I've got to always be aware of what my flesh likes Tell your neighbor, be aware of what your flesh likes. Hear this. In other words, if, that, if that's too deep for you, what ungodly desire is it too hard for you to say no to? That's a, that's a better way to look, look at it. Somebody say a vice. And hear this, I'm going to challenge somebody's theology. Despite what you may have believed, I don't care if you apostolic, I don't care if you grew up Kojic, I don't care if you grew up holiness. Watch this, there are some sins on this earth that you will not be delivered from, but they're going to require, watch this, somebody shout discipline. Oh, they didn't teach all that. They thought you, you thought you could get on the altar and that temptation wouldn't bother you no more. You thought that sin wouldn't appeal to your flesh no more. But some stuff, watch this. I know you don't like this. You will not be delivered from. But it requires discipline. How do I know? Paul said that I prayed three times that this thorn be removed from my flesh. And then God said, no, my grace is sufficient. In other words, I've given you enough grace that you can discipline yourself. Tell your neighbor you need to discipline yourself. I've got to discipline myself. And notice this. If your flesh likes fornication, stay out of state. You got to stay out of his house or her home. Y'all don't like that. If you know your flesh like fornicating, don't go to their house. Somebody say discipline. Y'all don't like that because you can't stay away from their house. If your flesh like drugs, watch this. Delete the weed man number. And watch this. If your flesh likes the gossip, hang up the phone. Y'all don't like that. Y'all be all on so y'all some of y'all just need to get off of social media because y'all love gossip. You don't, you don't, you don't, you ain't praying, girl. Yeah, I'm going. I just want to pray for you. Tell me more. No, tell me more. Your behind like to gossip. Some of us need some more discipline. Discipline because watch this. Um, I love I love Bishop T. Anthony Browner because he said it this way. It's not that I don't like it anymore. It's just not available and many times although i know my flesh likes it i've got to discipline myself in a way that is not available 
And watch this. Too many of y'all make sins that your flesh like too accessible. You ain't proving nothing to nobody by going back to the strip club because you're not evangelizing. Your flesh just likes it. I've got I've to discipline myself. And watch this. The enemy, watch this, during times of consecration, will present what your flesh likes. I don't want us to be confused by this. He will always attempt to position you in places that your flesh likes. And he will also, watch this, even provoke you to fulfill what your flesh likes. I don't know about y'all. Y'all ever been in a place where you're seeking God and out of nowhere, that ex call you? I don't know about y'all. Out of nowhere, somebody presents me with something that my flesh is just too hard for me to turn down. Somebody say it's a trick of the enemy. It's a trick of the enemy because the enemy knows what our flesh likes. And hear this. Some of us need to stop playing with sin because sin ain't playing with you. Watch this. Consider Luke chapter 11 verse 24 through 26. Notice what the text says. When an unclean spirit goes out from a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none, he says. I will return to my house from which I came. That sin is bold, y'all. He says, watch as he calls us his house. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. In other words, this vessel was consecrated. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Ooh, watch this. This means the enemy knows what sin you swept clean and will, he will attempt during times of consecration to see if you're willing to let that very sin come into a place. Watch this, that you vowed uh, to keep, um, keep clean. Why is this significant? Because the original sin that is evicted never returns empty. Did y'all catch what I just said? The original sin that you evict will never come back empty-handed. It would always come back with more. Somebody say it's going to always come back with more. You, you bet, y'all better expect more. And watch this. That sin enters, wants to enter in again as a vice, leaving you worse than when you were before. Therefore, as we pursue consecration, we must expect our flesh to be challenged. You see, this is how you really know if you're consecrating. Is your flesh challenged as you consecrate? Anytime as I pursue consecration, there's always going to be a challenge to my flesh. If somebody ain't trying to get on my nerves at my job, you ain't consecrating. If, if your flesh is never presented with something that it likes, no, you ain't consecrating. Somebody say, expect a challenge. I, I've got I've to expect the challenge. Ah, and, and hear this. Watch. I, I want y'all to hear this and hear this good. When the enemy presents what our flesh desires, we must do as James 4 and 7 declares. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And if we can be honest with ourselves, I'm going to be honest with myself. In the reality of our flesh, there are times instead of waiting on the enemy to run, we just need to run from what our flesh likes. I don't know about y'all, but all that resisting and still seeing in some stuff, I just need to run. Oh, y'all, y'all don't like that. Y'all, y'all like to see how saved you are. You like to see how anointed you are. You like to see how close you can get to it. And watch this, while you're behind sitting next to it, all of a sudden it becomes a vice. Uh, some of us just need to run. Listen, I, I know what my flesh like and I'm running. Somebody say run. run. 
Because watch this, when you don't have the power to resist, you just need to run. Because our confrontation and consecration is determined by the vice we hold on to. Hear this, no matter your walk with God, no matter your will to please God, and no matter how much word of God you got in you, that wherever there was a decision for consecration, the enemy will always present a device. Somebody say confrontation. The enemy is intent on keeping the believer from walking into the power of consecration. This is why it's so difficult for some of us. Well, the enemy does not want you, the Lord, to endear you. The Lord, the enemy does not want you to be effective against him. And the enemy doesn't want you to be equipped against him. Therefore, the enemy will attack us in our pursuit of consecration. So if our desires are prevail against the enemy, then we must be aware of his attacks. We, we've got to be cognizant of the voice that we hear. We've got to also understand that there'll be a confrontation against the vow that we heed. And he will confront the vice we hold on to. But I want us to look at something, and I'm going to be out your way. Beyond us combating the confrontations of the enemy, we've also got to understand that as we're on a pursuit of consecration, the enemy is on a pursuit as well. Tell your neighbor, the enemy is on pursuit. I want you to see something in our text. The Bible says this in verses 15 and 16 of our foundational text. The Bible says, and the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. Verse number 16 says this, but they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. This means the enemy will not give up until you give up on your pursuit of consecration. The enemy will not give up until I fall out of the race. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. We've got to be vigilant. Somebody say, I've got to be vigilant. I've got to be always aware of the enemy. And this is why many of us put our guards down and the enemy takes us out in our pursuit of consecration. The enemy will not give up until you give up. So our victory over, over the confrontation against our consecration requires us being watchful until we walk into our consecration. I want us to pray. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we thank you. God, I thank you, God, for these people here. God, and I thank you, God, for their hearts. I've been towards consecration. I believe that to be so. God, we don't want it simply to be words, God, but we want to walk therein. So, Father, we thank you, God, for allowing us, as your word declares, to not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Somebody thought that their consecration was off kilter because they felt like they heard the voice of the enemy. Father, they're not crazy, for your word is already declared, God. Our consecration depends on the voice that we hear. So God calls us to be so sensitive in the spirit that we hear your voice as your word declares your sheep know your voice and another they will not follow. Let God that be the voice that we listen to. Let your voice be the one that we lean to. And God, let your voice be the one that leads us. For God, many of us, God, have killed some stuff over our lives based upon the voice that we hear, we heard. And God, we thank you now that we'll only hear your voice and your voice alone. 
And God, I pray, God, for every heart and believer in this place, for every vow that has been declared to you, God. God, many of us are aware of the sins in our lives. And God, we've declared that we'll put those sins on the altar. So God, I pray, God, that you burn them as a consuming fire. God, we'll keep the vow. God, we won't take anything up off the altar, God, that we promised to put there. We'll kill it, God. We'll keep the vow. And God, we'll be ever cognizant of the enemy, God, because he'll try to cause division. God, he'll try to distort the message that you spoke to us. And God, he'll try to present some ungodly desires. Help us, God, to keep that vow. And I pray, God, for every believer, God, because at some point in our life, God, there's some sin that is hard to say no to. It's not that we don't like it anymore, God, but we have to make it unavailable. So, God, I pray, God, for those who don't have the power to resist, cause them to run. Matter of fact, God, I pray a running spirit over all of us. God, we're not that anointed to sit, sit next to what our flesh likes. God, we're not that deep and in a relationship with you, God, that something that our flesh likes won't take a hold of us. So, God, I pray we run. We run in the spirit, God, and if it have to be, God, we'll run in the physical and in the natural. We love you and adore you, God. We'll be vigilant. God, the enemy is after our pursuit. So, God, we'll always be aware of his attacks that we might receive the victory, God, over the confrontation against our consecration. God, we love you, we adore you, and we bless your name. And every heart that believes and every, every believer that says, I'm going to get the victory over confrontation, over my consecration, give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I never want to take this for granted, but there may be somebody here this morning, there may be somebody watching who says, I have no relationship with Christ. I understand all of this that has been said this morning, but I actually don't even know the voice of God because I've never been in relationship with him. Well, this is a good morning to give your life to Christ. The Bible, my wife spoke it, we've sung about it, that he's Emmanuel, God with us. And God wants to be in relationship with you and I, but it requires something. So somebody may be saying, I want to give my life to Christ. If that's you in the sanctuary, I want you to come now. If not, there may be somebody watching online and they may be saying, how do I give my life to Christ? The Bible says, if you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you shall be saved. What am I confessing? I'm confessing that we're all in need of a savior. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. If you can declare that, then you're in a good place to be saved. And then what else am I confessing? John 14, 6, that says, no man comes to the Father but by me. He's the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, not only am I need of, in need of a Savior, but Jesus Christ is the only Savior. Somebody say the only Savior. That's why we celebrate Christmas, because he's the only Savior. And watch this. The Bible says even the enemies believe. So what am I trying to say? Many people can say I believe in God, but I feel like I can do it my way. No, what I'm really saying is I'm going to allow him to lord over my life. If you can confess that and believe that in your heart, then you are saved. I want to pray for that one person who get, has given their life to Christ. Let us all pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the one that has come. For your word declares, God, that it's your will that no man perish. So, God, we thank you for the confession this morning. We thank you, God, for those that have believed in their hearts. So now, God, thank you, God, for snatching them 
out of the hands of the enemy. God, we love you and adore you. God, even as your word declares that heaven rejoices as one comes, we rejoice as well. So let's give God a hand clap of praise for that one that may have given their life to Christ this morning. If that's you, I want you to send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Churchoffice at waytampabay.org. And somebody from our leadership team will connect with you and will help and make sure. Watch this. The Bible says to make your election sure. I want to make sure that your salvation is sure and steadfast. And we'll help you walk that out. There may be somebody else who says, I've, I've never been to your church. I've never um, been in a physical address of your church, but I feel a deep connection to the Way Church of Tampa Bay. I'd love to be your pastor. I know you can't see us this morning, but we'd love to be your church family. And if that's you this morning, also send us an email. We'll get somebody that will connect with you and tell you how you can connect with this local body. Amen. Well, I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I pray that this word has equipped us and ensured that we can walk in consecration in this season. If you were blessed by the word this morning, give God a hand clap of praise. At this time, I'm going to ask my wife to come up. Can we receive my pretty wife? Good morning once again. We just have a few announcements and then I, we will be out of your way. Isaiah 7 and 14 says this. It says, speaks, well, it speaks of Christ in this manner. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And so we can definitely declare that God has been with us in 2020. And so as we approach Christmas this week, let's be reminded to celebrate Christ. Amen. God truly is with us. And we pray that the entire Way Church of Tampa Bay has a wonderful Christmas. Um, and also, as we approach the closing of our month of consecration, please make note of the following. We want you to join us tomorrow for corporate prayer. Okay, that's Monday tomorrow. The details to join have not changed, but however, we still will email them out tomorrow morning just as a reminder. We have two more corporate prayer lines of the year. We have December 21st and December 28th. So please join us for both, okay? Two more, let's just finish the year strong. Um, corporate prayer lines, the 21st and the 28th, and continue to monitor your emails as we send out details for that. Also, we want you to save the date, Thursday, December 31st at 6.30 p.m. for the secret place, the very last day of the year, December 31st at 6.30 p.m. Um, it's our annual secret place gathering, and this is where we will close the year in prayer as we seek the Lord's face, and we expect to see the Lord also at the secret place. So please join us. You can also join us via Facebook Live, okay, December 31st, the secret place at 6.30 p.m. Now, next week, um, Sunday at 10.30 a.m., we want you to join us for just about 30 minutes of worship and prayer via Facebook Live as myself and Pastor Keith plan to intercede on your behalf. You will be able to submit your prayer requests right in the comment box, and we're calling it our secret place sneak peek, okay? Next Sunday, 10.30 a.m., myself and Pastor Keith, we're going to be interceding on your behalf, and we want you to put your prayer requests in the comment box, and we're going to um, coin this to secret place um, sneak peek. So prepare yourself for that as we go and we prepare ourselves to go before the Lord collectively. Amen. 
Listen, we want to thank you again for tuning in and worshiping with us. But before we close out, we do want to encourage you about the different ways to give. And we've said this, but we want to say it again. Second Corinthians nine and seven says this. We must each decide um, in our own hearts how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. That's the word of God, 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. So we have to give as God has laid it on our hearts to give, okay? That's why you don't hear us say amounts. We don't say sow a seed of this. We don't um, guilt trip people into thinking that they're cursed if they don't tithe. The Bible says that you ought to give as Christ has laid on your heart to give. So we're trying to encourage and teach obedience to Christ, amen? Four ways to give if God has laid something on your heart. Um, you can give in person. If you're here with us today in the sanctuary, there should be offering envelopes behind the chairs in which you sit, or at least you can take somebody else's from the chair that's sitting in front of you. Take theirs out real fast before they notice. You can place something um, in that and... and once you're once you filled that out and completed that in the back of the sanctuary there are offering baskets located in the rear and you can drop them off as you exit the church then the second way is through our website uh, many of you do it this way especially since the pandemic but you can do it via paypal you may feel comfortable there it is a secure site to use you can go to waytampabay.org click on the link in the top right hand corner and give through that site securely two more ways um via cash app um, you can also give via Cash App. Our Cash App is dollar sign the Way Church of TB. Dollar sign the Way Church of TB. And then lastly, um, for those of you who still know how to do this, I was in the post office the other day and laughing with a, a young lady who was working at the post office. I said, many people don't know how to fill out envelopes, but if you still do <laughs> and you need to, um, you can mail your offering into P.O. Box 28. Um, 28003 Tampa, Florida 33682. Again, that's P.O. Box 280003 Tampa, Florida 33682. And if you didn't write that down or you didn't have a chance to, it's also listed on the website. So if you go to our website at the bottom, you'll be able to see or contact us. You'll be able to see that mailing address and you can drop it off there. Again, remember, only give what God has laid on your heart to give. Now, don't be so casual where you're like, well, I'm going to get these $2 and keep it moving unless that's what the Lord told you, okay? We want to be obedient to God. Can we stand. Um, I pray we all got something out of the word. For those of you who will be um, helping serve for um, today's outreach, please see Shakita and Miss Nicole in the back. Is that correct? Um, Ms. Nicole and Shakita, can y'all raise your hands just so they know, just in case if you're serving today, many of you already know, um, please see them for instructions and how to move forward. If you're tuned in online and you want to stop by and you um, have seen us announcing this and you need something for your kids or just something in general, we want to encourage you to stop by the church and we're, we'll be here for at least an hour. And just so we can keep track of things, um, Pastor Keith wants to encourage you if you're here and you also plan to partake in some of the donations and gather some things that you need for yourself or those you may know, just we want to encourage you to register first, okay? I know we're all family here. We, we're kind of used to taking what we need, but we do want to register because we want to keep a tally and we want to be organized about um, those that we're helping and the impact that we're making. Um, that'll help us in a number of ways if you can please do that. And I believe that's all. I think there was one last announcement. I don't know if Pastor Cole told them individually, but I believe Shernet and Raj's car may be 
um, in the pathway. So Raj and Shernet, just a heads up when you all, when we close out in prayer, if you all don't mind moving your cars for us. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you, oh God, for your commitment to humanity. We thank you for this season where we can remember how far you went, that you left all of your glory, took on a humble state as a mere man, born of a virgin, so that we may have life and have it more abundantly, and so that we may not receive our just sentence, which was hell and death. You paid the price, and for that, we thank you on today. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you. We pray that you will bless all that we have planned for today. And God, even as I pray to you this morning, my heart's desire is that those who will come, coming to meet a physical need, that you would touch their hearts in a spiritual way as their feet touch the grounds of this church. Do something on the inside as we sung this morning, God. We may not be passing out little Bibles. We may not be doing any of that. But we pray that the, your spirit that resides on the inside of us is enough to speak volumes, to touch a heart and tug a heart in a way that they never imagined. They may be coming for gifts, but we pray that they leave with an imprint from the greatest gift that we could have all ever received, which is you. We thank you. We thank you. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to, with us. And again, remember, next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Amen. God bless. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time. Strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.